What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Hamilton Trained Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hamilton, and it is a pleasure uh, having you in the house today. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I want to talk about challenges, fat loss challenges, um, but specifically why you should never, ever, 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 ever do them and how they are just 99.9% of the time complete garbage. Um, and we're going to get into that here in a second. Um, but before we do, I just want to check in on you, see how you're doing, see, and kind of give you some uh, kind of housekeeping items really quickly. Um, first and foremost, if you are listening to this in the future, we are um, in the middle of quarantine with coronavirus. So this is fun. Uh, not really, but um, things are around here, at least just starting to open back up. I'm in Indiana and uh, things are starting to open back up. Like I just had breakfast with uh, with my videographer that you guys uh, that, that moved away. So him and his wife just came into town. So we just went and had breakfast. Uh, gyms aren't quite opening up yet and whatnot, but um, it's one of those things where, um, you know, we're getting through it. This is, you know, a better time than ever to really own what you can control and forget what you can't. So I hope everyone listening is doing well, staying safe, that, that whole, uh, side of things. Now, also another update, um, you guys can now text me. So that's, uh, I just now guys got on board with a text platform. So now that, because in the wonderful world of emails and DMS, things have a tendency to get, um, lost and buried and whatnot. But then also, uh, in the technically speaking, like I guess if Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform wanted to just out of nowhere delete my account, they could, which means you guys could not have access to my content if that ever happened. Because that, that's the one bad thing about social media is like we don't technically own it. Like I don't own my Instagram. Instagram owns my Instagram. So that's why it's important to have things like uh, my platforms, you know, for those of you other people watching, uh, diversified is in case your shit ever gets shut down, you're not totally fucked. And you know, people can still get help. That's why it's important to have like the podcast and like my email list and all these different things in case for some reason, uh, you know, Instagram or whatever decide to say, you know what, Jared, we don't like you anymore and shut it down. Cause that happens like every single day. So you guys can now text me. Um, I have now a text message platform where I can actually, I'm, I'm going to be the one on the other end of it. It's not automated. It's not someone else. It's actually me. And you guys can text me. I'll give you that number. It is one seven, six, five, three, five, eight, seven, three, five, two. You guys can text me uh, if you guys have questions, if you need anything, you got podcast recommendations, you're like, Hey, do you have a podcast on what motivation on how to calculate your calorie deficit on what macros on, you know, fixing my relationships with food, whatever. Um, you guys can just text me and I will get back with you as soon as I can. Um, like I said, that number is one seven, six, five, three, five, eight, seven, three, five, two. Um, and also last number moment of housekeeping is I want to say thank you to our sponsor. So for those of you who don't know, I have a sponsor for myself in the, in the podcast. It's flex pro meals. Now here's the thing you guys have to understand. Flex pro meals has made my life way easier and I think it'll help you guys. That's why I've decided to partner with them because first and foremost, you guys, I, I have a sense of responsibility to protect you guys because you guys are, um, you know, my responsibility to help make sure you're shielded from a lot of the bad bullshit out there from uh, information, but also from products and services and things like that. That's why I'm very, very careful who I ever partner with. And that's why Flex Pro Meals is actually the first company I've actually decided to partner with and actually take as a sponsor. Because here's the thing. If you're like me, your number one thing you spend money on is convenience. Because the thing is, our lives are imperfect. 
our lives are not always pretty and our lives just are always kind of chaotic sometimes. And that's what these, my, my, my friends at flex pro meals have helped me with. It's a meal prep service. Cause here's the thing, guys, I'm not a fan of being like a bodybuilder and having, you know, 30 to 40 meals of chicken, rice, and broccoli in my fridge. I like food that has flavor. I like food that tastes really good, but then I also like food that is also convenient, but then also that, uh, helps me with the goals that I have. Well, that's what FlexPro does. FlexPro is a meal prep company that sends you meals, you know, whatever, however many you want, you know, you can, you know, however many you want, whatever meals you want that, that not only are in check from your number standpoint, like whatever macros, all your macros are dialed in your calories and they taste fucking amazing. I don't understand, to be honest, how they get some of these meals to taste the way they do with keeping the calories and macros. So, on, so on point, um, so with that being said, I decided to partner with them because already, even, even from a financial side, um, their meals are super affordable. You know, this, it's the same price you're going to pay if you were to run to the run to, uh, you know, go out to eat and get a burger somewhere. Um, it's actually going to be a little bit more affordable because with flex pro, you don't have tips and gratuity. Uh, well, that's the same thing. Uh, and all this other stuff, you know, their, their meals range from under $10 to like $15 a piece. And it's, it's really, and they're really good meals. It's going to help keep you in line with your goals. But the nice thing is they decided to, uh, give my following 20% off. So if you want that, would like to have some meal, if you're finding yourself having to eat, eat out a lot, or, you know, you, you just hate cooking some, just simply put, you just hate cooking and you want some really good food, uh, you want some really good foods that's in line with your goals, but also tastes good. That's affordable. Flex pro can send them right to your front door. So if you use the code, my code Hamilton trained H A M I L T O N my last name trained T R A I N E D Hamilton trained, you'll get 20% off your first week's order, um, which is actually a pretty good amount of money to save. So, uh, no pressure either way. I don't, you know, like to get on here and push, you know, it just spend the first half hour on, on just ads or whatever like that. But I just want to let you know that that's available if you want it, if you want your life to be a little bit easier from the food side of this thing uh, with Flex Pro. So like I said, you can use my code Hamilton trained uh, at the checkout and you'll save 20%. So let's get into the podcast. Um, Cause here's the thing. So much of the issues that people have when it comes to fitness and fat loss and getting results is most people believe all this stupid bullshit right? That, that's the issue is like, there's so much misinformation out there just spewing around like mad. And pe- no wonder people are like, feel lost, confused and hopeless when it comes to this fitness and fat loss game. So that's what I'm here to, to kind of pave the way a little bit to show you what the right way to do this is. So I've picked the top things that I hear every single day, what terrible fitness and fat loss advice sounds like. And I want to clear this up for you. So, um, because here's, here's the thing, guys, the reality is so much of being successful with anything, but specifically fitness is we got to change our belief systems and we have to change what we, you know, what we believe because part of this game is not just learning new material and applying it, but you have to learn to unlearn and relearn, right? You have to, you have to learn the fact that what you know may not be accurate or what you hear is not accurate. So you have to unlearn all the old bullshit and relearn the new bull, the new, the new shit essentially. So that's what I want to help you out with. So let's get into it. What terrible fitness advice sounds, sounds like number one, don't eat late at night. Guys, it astounds me how many people are still scared shitless to eat after 6 PM. Like for some reason, a ridiculous amount of people still think it's like somehow metabolically disadvantaged to eat after six. You guys have to understand that you don't have like a magic enzyme in your body that just stops uh, burning calories at, at you know five o'clock when you get off work. You might you might 
punch out at work and clock out at five o'clock, but that doesn't mean that your, you know, your body did that. Like right now, check your pulse. Guess what? It's still beating, which means you can still be eating, right? You have to understand most of the calories you burn every single day are not via exercise. Like a lot of people will say, Jared, uh, I, I don't burn that much during exercise. So how do I, how do I eat in a deficit? I'm like, you, you have to know that the majority of the calories you burn, we're talking like 75% of the calories you burn every single day are not through exercise. Exercise is on top of that. Most of the calories you burn every day are through existing, your heart beating, your digestive system working, walking to your car, taking a shit, taking a shower, having sex, cooking dinner, um, you know, getting up out of a chair, like all that stuff adds up. And that's where the majority of your caloric expenditure comes from. So that's what I'm saying is there's no like magic, magic, whatever, where you have to quit eating late at night. You don't magically store fat late at night. That's not a thing. Like, to be honest, I really think where most of that came from was because someone influential decided, said, you know, I want to lose weight. And they stopped eating a thousand calories worth of ice cream after dinner. And then they all of a sudden lost, you know, 30 pounds. And they're like, huh. It must have been the eating late at night that made me lose weight, not the fact that they actually like just quit eating a thousand calories of ice cream. You see what I mean? So when it comes to this, that's the first one. Eat, uh, I wanted to talk about eating late at night. Eating, saying, telling someone to stop eating late at night is terrible advice because here's the reality. The goal is to use as little discipline and willpower in this fitness and fat loss game as possible. So if you love snacking, you should snack. If you hate snacking and like eating more frequently throughout the day, do that. If you love eating late at night, save calories for the evening. If you hate breakfast, don't eat breakfast. If you love breakfast, eat breakfast. This is where a lot of people go wrong, where most people are going against their own desires and biology for the sake of fat loss, but there's no reason to do that. So that's why, you know, if you like eating late at night, eat late at night. I personally eat the majority of my calories in the evening. I literally don't eat till like two o'clock because I prefer most of my calories all in the evening time, all the way till my head hits the pillow. And that's what I've done for a long time. You know, a lot of you guys have been following me since I did the daily donut last year. Most of the time that donut was at like 11 o'clock at night, fun fact. And I lost 30 pounds. So I'm actually getting ready to start a new thing like that, whether it be uh, the daily donut again or doing something. I was thinking about doing something different. I was thinking about doing it with Oreos and diet Pepsi that way busting a couple myths. Like I thought about doing, uh, eating Oreos, drinking a diet Pepsi and doing it all at like 11 o'clock at night to knock out more myths, eating late at night, the diet soda argument, and then sugar. So, uh, I just thought about doing that. So curious your thoughts. If you think that's a good idea, you should text me and let me know what you think. Next one, you should do keto or any trendy diet for that matter. Keto is just the new shiny right now. So here's the thing. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to pick a diet with a name. To be honest, I am avidly against diets with names. I think uh, you should not do a diet that has its own name. I think you should do a diet based on um, your lifestyle principles and what makes you happy and what you can actually sustain for the next 20 years. But if you're choosing to do a trendy diet because that's what Becky at work does or what Karen uh, at you know the male lady said or what you know your friend Sarah, whose daughter's a trainer, who said you should do uh, keto or whatever. Here, here's what you have to understand, guys. Um, all this, this whole game is this. The, the normal stuff I talk about all the time. Calorie deficit, strength training, higher protein intake, prioritize whole foods. Done. You meet those requirements, you'll lose weight sustainably for the rest of your life. That's it. 
You don't have to go to an extreme of follow a paleo diet or follow a keto diet or do the Mediterranean diet or do Weight Watchers or Adkins or literally the plethora of other diets that you know you can't sustain forever. That's the kicker. Could you do keto for the next 30 years? Yeah, me neither. So you probably shouldn't do it. Otherwise, you're going to have a reckoning day where you're like, I can't take this anymore and fall off. You're not going to be able to, if you can't do Weight Watchers for the next whatever, 30 years, you probably shouldn't do Weight Watchers. Now, then a lot of people are like, oh, Jared, we can't count calories forever. And I'm like, and exactly. Well, first of all, you could, but you're right. But the thing is, it's the principles that we attach, right? When I, what I talk about with calories in calories out, that's not a, uh, that's not even, I'm not even talking about cal- counting calories. I'm talking about the principle of calorie deficit of the law of thermodynamics. You know, I'm talking about make anything you want, you not, not getting rid of any food, not getting rid of carbs, not getting rid of fats, not getting rid of sugar, not getting rid of whatever, not stopping going out to eat. It's a principles thing. Most of the diets that you see that are really trendy have principles that are flawed, that you could not sustain, like keto, getting rid of carbs, paleo, getting rid of processed foods, um, weight watchers, getting rid of, you know, half of your calorie intake because it's high in points, that kind of thing. You see what I mean? So that's the other terrible diet because when, when someone says you should try the blank back when I did personal training in person, guys, I was actually in the middle of a session one time, you know, the client who's trying to lose weight. So we were doing a workout and she, and some other random ass lady came up and was like, uh, girl, you should do keto. I did keto and lost like 30 pounds, literally in the middle of our workout. You have to understand that when someone else tells you that just cause they've seen success with it doesn't mean you will. Right. That's like someone who loves to ride motorcycles coming up to you and saying, Hey, you should, you should buy a motorcycle, but you like hate motorcycles and have a family of six. Right. Like what you do is completely predicated on you and only you and nothing but you, which means you should not worry about what everyone else is doing. Cause again, who cares if Sarah lost 30 pounds on keto? If you know you couldn't do keto, and then Sarah's probably going to gain all her weight back and then some within the next six months. So that's why terrible fitness advice would be saying, Hey, you should marry this diet or system. Next, terrible advice. Save your cravings for your cheat day. Ooh, buddy, this one gets under my skin more than anything. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's how I handle cravings. When you have a craving, you go get what you're craving and call it a day. Literally, that's it. Cravings don't start on a level 10 out of 10. Cravings start at a 1 and a 2 out of 10. So if you all of a sudden have a craving for, for some Oreos when it's a level 2, you go get a couple Oreos and you're fine. But if you go, uh, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm, I can't, I, I got to wait till my cheat day. I got to wait till my cheat day. I got to wait till my cheat day. Now, all of a sudden your cravings a 10 out of 10. And then you, instead of having two Oreos and being okay, you have a fucking pack of Oreos and then feel like trash and your digestive system is messed up for the next seven days. You see what I mean? You have to understand guys, the whole cheat day mentality is terrible. First and foremost, there's no cheat food you know, the cheating on your diet is not the same as cheating on your spouse, right? There should be no cheat because the thing is your diet, I I put it this way. If you have to have a cheat day, your diet's way too fucking strict and rigid, right? Your diet should not be so rigid and so strict that you have to plan a cheat day. That's not how this game goes. You don't do that with your money. Think about it this way with your money. You probably spend the majority of your money on adult things, your house, your bills, you save, you pay off debt, but you probably have a small percentage of your income that you go spend on stupid shit that you don't need. That's not essential. Going out to eat a new t-shirt, um, you know, a new water bottle, that, that kind of stuff. 
but you'll go use that, do that any day. You don't save your spending like that for like, oh, I got my cheat day on my spending and go ballistic on your, on your income. No, you know where your bills are at. You know what your budget is. So you, if you, if it's a Tuesday and you want to go buy a new water bottle, you go buy a new water bottle on Tuesday. If it's Wednesday and you want to go hit McDonald's, you'll go hit McDonald's. If it's, you know, something happened and you want to, if you decide to repaint your room, you're going to just get up and go buy a can of paint. You're not going to say, oh, I got to wait for my cheat day with my money and then go buy 17 gallons of paint. <laughs> like, you see what I mean? Here's another example I like to use for the whole craving deal with cheat days and stuff. First and foremost, like I said, you, your, your shit should not be so rigid and strict that you have to have a cheat day because you're that deprived. You should never be that deprived. Think of it this way. How do you do your dishes? Do you do your dishes a little bit at a time every day? Like you, you like, you know, like you eat dinner, then you do the dishes, or do you wait to do your dishes by the end of the week? And you literally pile up seven days worth of dishes. Then all of a sudden you have this nasty, disgusting, molding mound of dishes in your sink. What do you do? And, or let me say this, what should you do? <laughs> cause I, cause I've, trust me, I've done that where, where I like had a week's worth of dishes in the sink and it's terrible and it's disgusting. But think about it. What do you do with dishes? You have a little bit of dishes, you do them. You get, you make, you dirty a few dishes, you do them. You do a night, you, you have some dinner, you do the dishes. You do, you, you, there's like, you know, a few plates in the sink, you do the dishes. You don't let that sink pile up and get nasty and disgusting and germ filled and this humongous pile of dishes that takes you 30 minutes to do at the end of the week. And you have your entire week's worth of disgusting dishes in your sink. You don't do that, right? Or if you do, you shouldn't. You don't do that. You dirty dishes, you clean them. You dirty dishes a little bit, you clean them. Treat cravings the same way. You have a little bit of craving, you go get it. It killed the craving. You have a little bit of a craving, go get it. It killed the craving. You want a candy bar, go buy a fucking candy bar. You want a couple cookies, go get a couple cookies. Man, a, a donut sounds good, go buy a donut. Saving your cravings for a quote unquote cheat day is the dumbest and most disordered thing I've ever heard. You don't do that with your relationship. You don't like be really good with your relationship. And on Fridays you go, fuck your mailman. Sorry, honey. It's my cheat day. I got to cheat on you today. Like that's not how this game goes at all. Cause here's what you have to understand. Associating the term cheat with certain foods is terrible for your head game. Cause words are important. Our whole lives. We know cheating is bad. Cheating on your partner is bad. Cheating on tests are bad. Cheating on other stuff is bad. So when you go, oh, these are cheat foods and it's fucking pizza, that's that's just worsening your relationships with your food. Whereas you can have any food in moderation and lose weight. I did it last year. I had a donut every single day for six months in my calories and I lost 30 pounds. Or on its inverse, you can take as healthy food as possible and overeat it and get fat. You can literally have a completely organic, vegan-friendly diet and eat it in the calorie surplus, and you will store fat and decrease your health markers on an organic diet. You could literally take all your vegan-friendly peanut butter and eat it like an asshole every single day and store fat. If you ate 10,000 calories a day of chicken, rice, and broccoli, you would store fat. Or if you had a piece of pizza every single day within your calories, you would lose weight. Do you see what I mean? So there is no cheat food. Food is not a light switch magic on-off right? It's all context matters. It's the dose that makes poison lethal. Isn't it ironic? You go, if, if someone ends up on death row, they get to, to get lethal injection to die for like doing something really bad. Um, they'll get injected with potassium, but there are people in the hospital right now who are getting injected with pot potassium to make them healthy. What's the difference? 
dose in speed, to be honest, right? If you get stung by one bee, you're fine. If you get stung by a colony of bees, you go to the hospital. What's the difference? Context. That's why there is no cheat food. No singular food is a maker breaker of your health or a maker breaker of uh, your fitness and fat loss. That's just not how this game goes. Okay. Sorry. I went off on a tangent on that one a little bit. Next, next one. What terrible fitness advice sounds like. Um, you have to be sore and sweaty. These are technically separate, but I'm tying them together. You have to be sore and sweaty. Otherwise your workout was a waste. Those are two of the biggest loads of bullshit ever. First and foremost, let's talk about being sore. Soreness is not an indicator of a quality workout or not. There's been so many times, guys, for me personally, I've gone in and had a badass fucking workout and uh, I wasn't sore at all the next day. And there's been times I like helped a friend move a fridge and I literally helped someone lift a fridge from the ground into the bed of a truck. Took seven seconds and I was sore the next day just because it was different muscles that were used. You guys have to understand there's a lot that goes from your physiology that goes into muscles and what makes them sore, right? A lot of times with soreness is your body's just used to using those muscles or used to using them in that kind of fashion versus a lot of times when you aren't, when you do get sore, it's because you're using either different muscles or using, you're using them in a different way. Like I said, I've like helped a friend move a fridge and I would felt it the next day because those muscles had never contracted in that fashion before. You know, that's why you don't judge a workout based on the amount of soreness you are the next day because it's just not reliable and it doesn't really matter that much. Right. So that's why I don't want you to worry about if you're not sore at all. So you know what I mean? Sweaty is the same thing. Some people just sweat more than others. I know people who just like live sweaty, but that doesn't mean they're burning more fat or more calories. They just, you know, sweat more. It's just a genetic thing. But I know some people who can literally bust their ass like crazy and they don't sweat at all. Guys, for some reason, I've gone through periods in my life where I would use to sweat all the time. And then now I hardly ever sweat. Like literally, I hardly ever sweat. Like when I work out, like ever, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things it's, it's don't put, you're putting too much context with sore and sweatiness and, um, or you're, you're putting too much, uh, merit in them and, and taking them out of context. So next, uh, this is one that I used to hear all the time that I haven't heard as much lately, but I thought it was important to talk about cause I still hear it pop up every once in a while. What terrible fitness and fat loss advice sounds like don't eat carbs and fats in the same meal together. So this one's fucking dumb. A lot of people would say, oh, don't eat carbs and fats together because your body can only use one as a fuel source and the other will get stored as fat. That is a big hunking load of horse shit. The only thing in the world that stores fat is eating in a calorie surplus over an extended period of time. That's it. Literally, that's it. If you disagree, that's okay because give, give me those reasons and I'll combat them. Like, the, like a lot of people will say, oh, insulin stores fat. Like, no, if you have zero insulin, you would die. That's what you call type 1 diabetes right? Protein elicits insulin, all sorts of other things in your day-to-day elicit insulin responses. So if you just never had an insulin response, you would die, right? Um, A lot of people say, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, Bad food, quote-unquote, bad food stores fat. But if you eat, I proved it last year, if you eat a quote-unquote bad food in a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. Done. That one's out of the way. Like it's stuff like this, guys. The only thing that stores fat is eating in a calorie surplus. That is it. Eating in a calorie surplus over an extended period of time is the only thing that stores fat. Carbs don't store fat. Fat doesn't store fat. Protein doesn't store fat. Anything in a calorie surplus stores fat. So when someone says on this one, don't eat carbs and fats in the same meal together, it's complete bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. So don't even worry about that one. 
Uh, I kind of already talked about it. The next one was the fact that carbs store fat. A lot of people say, oh, if you're eating carbs, your body is burning the carbs and not fat. But here's the thing. When you get into this and you're trying to understand the body's intricate ways of energy expenditure on what, what it's using as a fuel source to burn, whether it's using glycogen uh, or I mean carbohydrates or whether it's using uh, body fat or whether it's using your body's creatine stores or whether it's using whatever, there's a lot of phases in the body that it uses for energy depending on what you're doing. But that's not a big deal. Most people are overcomplicating this. Because again, if you, it comes down to instead of trying to f- worry about what your body's using as an energy source, just eat in a calorie deficit and you'll lose weight just fine. Literally, that's it. Like that is it. It's like if you've got $2,000 in your bank account and you spend $1,800, you are going to save money no matter what way you spend it. If your body burns 2,000 calories and you eat 1800, 1800 no matter what you eat, you are going to be in a deficit. Like there is no way to get around it. So, um, so from that front. Don't, don't worry about what energy phase your body's in, if that makes sense. Next, what terrible fitness advice sounds like. Anything rapid fat loss related. Here's the thing. I'm not, I don't know how to put this one. Uh, anything that's ex- talking about expediting the fat loss process is just junk. It's just absolute garbage. Imagine this. Think of it this way. If you were to starve yourself and not eat anything for the next seven days, don't do that. That's stupid. But imagine if you did. Imagine if you literally starve yourself for the next seven days. That's a massive calorie deficit, right? You would literally not look or weigh the same, any different. If you literally starve yourself the next seven days, you would not look any different, right? On the contrary, if you were to eat like a fucking asshole, like you, like say you go on vacation and ate like an asshole and drank like a fish, you would come back in seven days and look the exact same. Why? Because fat burning or fat storing takes time. You can't just starve yourself to rapid fat loss. That doesn't work. You can't just add more days per week and speed up this game. You can't just uh, cut your calories more and speed up this game. That's not how this game works. You can't just do that, right? This game takes time. And understand, even if you could, you wouldn't want to because what? Easy come, easy go. What If you could get results in two weeks, you would lose your results in one week. You see what I mean? That's why how you lose the weight is crazy important. You know, imagine this, and this is one of my one of my favorite examples. If a doctor came out and said, "Hey, I can make a nine month pregnancy with my procedure happen in three months," would you do it? Of course not. Why? Because you know nine months goes with having a baby, and you can't separate it, right? You and I both know. That nine months is just part of the game. You can do everything right. You can eat, take the prenatal vitamins. You can do the pregnancy workouts. You can do the the stuff where you put headphones on your stomach and let your baby listen to Mozart. You can do literally whatever you want, but there's nothing you can do to expedite the nine-month process. Otherwise, it'll fuck up your baby. Same thing with fat loss. People go, oh, 30 pounds in 30 days, and people go, take my money now. But you have to understand that there's nothing we can do to expedite that in a way that's going to be conducive long-term. All right. And then the last one, what terrible fitness advice sounds like. Not all calories are the same. That is the biggest load of shit. People misinterpret the term calories and and the term uh, nutrient composition, basically the vitamins and minerals and the health factors of a food. Guys, you have to understand if I have a, imagine if I have a, a gallon jug in front of me, if I put orange juice in it, or milk in it, or water in it, or tea in it, or soda in it, is it going to change the fact that it's a gallon? Of course not. Because a gallon's a gallon is a gallon is a gallon. My car holds 12 gallons of gasoline. If I fill it with water, does that make it 13? Of course not. 
if I put diesel fuel. Well, does it magically make it eight? No. 12-gallon tank's a 12-gallon tank. So you have a certain amount of calories you burn every single day, right? And food has this thing called calories in it. Calories are just a unit of measure, right? The 100 calories in chicken is the same as 100 calories in hot dogs and is the same calorie or the same hundred calories that is in uh sugar. Now what makes up those calories are different. The nutrients are different, but that doesn't change the fact that a hundred calories is a hundred calories, right? That's like, I did like, that'd be like me asking you what weighs more 10 pounds of feathers or 10 pounds of bricks, like 10, they weigh the same 10 pounds is 10 pounds. So when you're eating in a calorie deficit to lose weight, like you don't get to eat more calories of organic food than you do of quote unquote junk food. This is also why you can make anything in your calories work. This is why you could have literally Snickers bar every single day in your calories and lose weight because calories are still the same. If you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit. It doesn't matter if your insulin's elevated. It doesn't matter if, you know, what you're doing, uh, a keto diet or having carbs in your diet or not. Calories are calories and a calorie deficit is a calorie deficit. So when someone says, oh, not all calories are the same, like that's like saying like not all money's the same. Think about that. Whether I spend $1,000 on an iPhone or $10 on a hat, like it's still a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. Calories are the same thing. So don't try to merge calories and nutrient nutrient composition the same because they're two separate things. You know what I mean? So, all right, guys, I hope this helped. Uh, that's it for today's episode of the podcast. Be sure if you can, um, rank and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, if it'll let you. Um, be sure and tell a friend because if this helped you, it's going to help someone else. And uh, that's how we grow this podcast. So be sure and do that for me if you don't mind. And I hope you enjoy the episode and I will talk to you next time.